Jen Burkita, thank you so much for joining me here on So Mind Boggling Journeys. It is so good to have you. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Thank you. And one of the things that I love about this podcast is that it literally takes a life of its own, right? As I was telling you last week, I came to you because I had joined one of the entertainment funds uh, webinars on retirement because I am actually losing my current insurance this coming Friday um, right. at the end of the month. And I, I'm kind of still devastated about it, but like, I'm also like, you know, with the journey, as you know, there's always something. <laughs> There is always some challenge, some little wrench that gets thrown in there. And it's just like, so this is just, this happens to be my wrench this month, right? right. And, and you know, that's what we do at the Entertainment Community Fund on our team. So our team is called the Artists Health Insurance Resource Center. And for people in the entertainment industry, it's very typical to fall in and out of coverages all through your career, right? Whether you're working a job and you have coverage and you lose it, or you're working under one of the union umbrellas, whether it's directors or writers or Screen Actors Guild or Actors' Equity, you may get coverage through their union. And then, you know, that coverage lasts for a limited amount of time. And when you fall out of that coverage, then you have to worry about or wonder about how, how am I going to get myself covered to the next time I qualify. And that's what we do here. We help people access affordable options for coverage, whether it's on the New York State Marketplace, which I can talk about, or through COBRA, which is another version of your own insurance just at a higher price. But that's what we do. We set up individual one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions with people who need to have coverage, and we set them up the best way we can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Jim. And so the entertainment fund is, it was formerly called the Actors Fund. So those of you at home, this is now the new name. Is there a reason why it changed? Jim? Yes. So for a hundred years, it was the Actors Fund. People, I think in the entertainment industry, even though the fund, the entertainment that now called the Entertainment Community Fund, the Actors Fund took care of the whole entertainment community, but people in other disciplines wouldn't access the services because they thought it was only for actors. It turns out that the services are for anyone in entertainment. So writers and musicians and dancers and agents and whoever else is around the community can access the services. And they thought, I mean, after a long sort of hard thinking process by the board of directors, they thought, look, we need to change the name so that the whole entertainment community knows that we're here as a safety net for them. Oh right? my and the gosh. entertainment community funds, we, you know, my team does the health insurance piece of it, but we provide a whole suite of support services for entertainment uh, workers, housing support, support for seniors, support for young uh, young people or young workers in the industry. We have career counseling for people who are starting their own businesses or looking for a side job. Uh, we have financial wellness. We have social services. We have emergency financial assistance. It's a whole comprehensive suite of safety net services for entertainers. Mm -hmm. Now, you said it's a comprehensive suite, but why is it not so comprehensive? <laughs> what, do, what do you mean? How do you mean? I feel like it's so hard to understand the rules of this insurance game. And I'm oh. just like, why? <laughs> why oh, is you it mean so hard? Insurance, insurance, uh, you mean insurance specifically? No, yes. the world of insurance. Actually, Bettina, the reason I have a job is that insurance is the most upside down, uh, uh, jingoistic, you know, the terminology is all over the place. It's very difficult to parse out and understand. 
the 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 thing that we always say here is you know information in the health insurance world is truly power the more you understand about how the system works the better you're going to be and the more solid your coverage is going to be so it's understanding you know whether it's you know dates of coverage or what cobra is or you know what medicaid is what medicare is all those things that you hear you know around health insurance we can we can explain them to you we can help you through them and we we take people from point a to point z right we people come to us mostly because they've either lost their insurance they're losing their insurance or they don't have insurance those are the big three reasons somebody comes to visit us and in all those cases we can take you educate you about what's going to happen and you know hopefully find you affordable options that are going to cover you in a way that makes sense for you or and your family. Mm-hmm. So let's go right into that, right? So so that's very interesting that the entertainment community fund now, well, not now, but it has always encompassed every, all entertainers, not just actors. So like, so how are you super busy now because of the writer strike and the fact that so many writers are out of work? That's an excellent question. The interesting thing about health insurance is it doesn't usually end in a second. Like if your job stops, <laughs> your health insurance doesn't immediately stop. Sometimes, sometimes it does. But with the strike act, with the with the uh, job action that's going on right now, there's going to be a lag between the time that the job action started and when people start to lose coverage. We're expecting probably in the fourth quarter or the beginning of the year that we're going to see a lot more writers who have lost their coverage come to us for guidance and help. We are busy now for various other reasons. The end of June is the end of a quarter. That's usually a busy time in our in our world anyway. But also during the pandemic, so many entertainment workers lost coverage and went on to what's called the New York marketplace, where they got Affordable Care Act coverages or Medicaid coverage or essential plan coverages. And for many people who were on the public coverages, Medicaid and the essential plan, those were being automatically renewed every 12 months. So you didn't have to do anything proactive. Now the public emergency has ended. You might've heard that the government officially ended the pandemic. And part of the, and some of those pandemic rules are now being changed and sort of brought back to where they were before. So a lot of people are coming to us to renew their coverages now that the public emergency is over. And, you know, I'm very grateful because at one point I was on the Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that again, so because I want to be clear with this insurance. Mm-hmm, thing, mm-hmm. Okay, so at one point I was on the Affordable Care Act, and I needed it because I had no other options. So for that, I am very, very grateful. What I will say though, <laughs> yeah, is that that marketplace is scary. <laughs> okay, yeah. the amount of like serious research that you have to do to get good providers. You know, I had gone, I, the only person that I could get for a dentist, I had to go, I literally was like the last stop in Brooklyn on the R on the red line. Okay. And then I had to take a bus from there to this little dentistry. And I think he shaved off a tooth of mine. way more than he needed to. And it was actually really scary. Okay. And I just felt, I just remember those days just being like, oh my gosh, like, I just want to act. I just want to perform. Like, why is it like 
I'm putting my life at risk. You know, I mean, I'm, some of this is a little you know dramatic. I am an actor. You know, I got to got to give you a little drama, okay? But it was very daunting, you know. And so I was very happy that you know when I was working a freelance job, I worked so many hours where, and I didn't know this. I felt you don't know this unless until it happens. I had worked so many hours where they were then required to give me insurance, right? And I got great insurance, okay? And I was like, oh, I'm back, you know, okay. So did that. And then I got an opportunity that paid more. And so I needed to take that job, right? Because it paid more. The other job didn't pay great, but the insurance was great. Took this, took this other job, did not realize that in the hours that I was working in the other job, it knocked my other hours down for the other job. And I just miss having that insurance renewed again. And I was devastated, right? Um, and the only reason why I took this other job is because I needed the I needed my coins. You know what I mean? I was like, well, I gotta go with the one that has more job, more, you know, yeah. higher wage or whatever. Makes sense, yeah. Yes. And so then once again, I had this whole thing with the insurance. Long story short, um, which I've told you, but I'm going to make it short for the listeners. I went, I decided to go on Cobra because the other insurance that was offered to me was so confusing. It was not comprehensive at all in terms of that definition. Right. And so I did Cobra, which means I paid out of pocket a lot of money to keep that insurance going. So what's happening on this, you know, the end of this week is I'm losing my 18 month Cobra coverage, right? And I'm about to have some scary insurance. Now, the one thing I did was up until the, you know, these six months, I went ahead and had all my annuals, you know, I did all, I did all of that. So now I'm just hoping for the rest of the year, this is only, you know, I got to tap into my faith and and be like, okay, God, we're good, right? <laughs> because I cannot have any emergencies happen, okay? Because this insurance is literally just so that I have something, but I'm hoping I will not have to use it. And I'm still going to be paying out of pocket a good amount of money. So what is up with that, Jim? So let me, let, let's, so I don't want to make it sound like the Affordable Care Act is a scary thing. The Affordable Care Act, which the Affordable I'll, Care I'll Act- I'll do that for you. No, that's okay. It has a hundred different names, right? People call it the Exchange. They call it the Affordable Care Act. They call it Obamacare. They call it all a bunch of different things. The Affordable Care Act, there's a big difference between the insurance you get at your job or through your union and what the Affordable Care Act provides. However, America is one of the only, you know, in other let's call them more civilized nations, uh, you know, people get health insurance by virtue of their citizenship, right? If you're a citizen of the UK, you get a health insurance card. If you're a citizen of Canada, you're covered by the health insurance. Here, the health insurance system is based on employment. Most people get their insurance through their employer. There was, before the Affordable Care Act, no way to get insurance just by virtue of your citizenship. Now, the only place that you can get guaranteed issue insurance, you can't be turned down, for the marketplace, right? You can't be turned down for Affordable Care Act. The only place you can get a, you know, insurance by virtue of the fact that you're a citizen of the country, and even people who are green card holders in New York and on visa, artist visas in New York can access insurance through the Affordable Care Act. Yes, the big, big difference between the insurance you get through a job or union and the insurance you get through the Affordable Care Act is that with the job or union insurance, you have the flexibility to see pretty much any doctor or dentist or provider that you want, right? With the Affordable Care Act, these are all in-network only plans. So when you choose an insurance company, you have to stay in that insurance company's network of physicians in order to get the services covered. So it takes a lot more research. For instance, Medicaid is completely free. 
The challenge with Medicaid is finding providers that meet your needs. Mm -hmm. Are they convenient? Are they, you know, people who speak my language? Are they people who I want to, you know, I want to travel and see them at their office? And I always say that the cost of those programs, they're free, but the cost is the research and the time you put in to to find providers. The great thing is it's, you know, it's the only place that a lot of people have to access coverage and it can be comprehensive and life-saving coverage in many instances. So yeah, it takes a little more work and we've been doing a lot of advocacy work with the Affordable Care Act, trying to expand coverage, trying to address what you, what, what you, uh, you know, your, um, story about the dentist all the way in Brooklyn, right? Well, got this little wooden tooth. So what we call it is, we call it network adequacy, right? Are the networks that we can access large enough, broad enough, strong enough to give us the care we want? We've been doing a lot of work around that. Uh, I have a a bunch of opinions about that particular subject, but rest assured, we've been trying to advocate with the legislature of New York to to change some of that. Also, you mentioned COBRA. I just want to say one thing about COBRA. Mm -hmm. If If you live in New York and you're losing your insurance from an entertainment industry union health plan, so SAG AFTRA, Equity League, DGA, WGA, MPI, New York State has a special program for entertainment workers. It's a COBRA subsidy. And if you're eligible, it can reduce your COBRA premium by 75%, which is a huge discount off the price. Because as you know, with COBRA, the price uh, spikes. Yes. Now, it's funny you said that because that was actually one of my questions for you, if there was a COBRA-esque subsidy program in place for artists. And I just learned about this yesterday. So this is a new program. It's actually, you know, that's such an interesting question. It's not really a new program. It actually started many, many years ago before the Affordable Care Act. And when it first started, it was a 50% subsidy for people in the arts. When the Affordable Care Act came, it sort of went dormant because a lot of people went on the on the Affordable Care Act. During the pandemic, mm. the Department of Finance, which is the agency in the state of New York that administers the subsidy, came to us at the Actors Fund, now the Entertainment Community Fund. They came to us and they said, look, you know, we find that people should be using this program. They're not really using this program. How can we adjust the law? How can we change the law to make it more accessible, to get more people in the pool? So we worked with them and with a a legislative lobbyist who works in the entertainment industry. We rewrote the law, expanded the eligibility, and the program is going gangbusters, actually. And it was just reallocated. Governor Hochul reallocated money for the program in the recent New York state budget. So we have it through 2024, and it's, it's allowing people to stay on the coverage that they have the same exact coverage they have. It's not free, but they get a 75% discount off their COBRA and they can keep their doctors, they can keep their dental coverage, they can keep their out-of-network mental health coverage. All these coverages are really crucial. You yeah, because you're gonna need, we're gonna need that mental health coverage. So that's um, amazing. And right. 70% <laughs> off is like that 75, is so 75%, 75% off. 75, 75% yeah. is amazing. Yeah. When I was in this webinar, I was like so heartbroken for this woman. 
who works regularly. Like she's a booked actress. Like it didn't even sound like she's doing other things. Like she works on Broadway yeah. a lot, but her SAG AFTRA, because she didn't meet those requirements, she was losing her coverage. Right. And I was just like, oh no. So when I heard about this yesterday, I was like, oh, well, hopefully this is something that she can tap into, you know? Cause I was like, yeah. that's, that's really devastating that it's like, you're actually working in the business, you know, as an yeah. artist, and then you still aren't meeting your, you know, pre you're not able to make your premiums or you're not making your earnings. It's really basically yeah. earnings. You're not making your earnings and you're losing your insurance. Like, I mean, I get it's different leagues, different unions, but still, you know. Um, we had, had a client yesterday who uh, they she filed her COBRA application, COBRA subsidy application, and uh, the Department of Finance turned it around in a single day for her. They got her on the subsidy right away. It's it's they're they're really the state of New York has really stepped up with regard to this. So oh, that's great. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, so then I guess what I guess we'll see what happens after it ends at the end of at the end of 2024. Uh, it's going through 2024. We expect that we'll be able to get our union colleagues and advocate for it to be continued. And hopefully it will be. I mean, it's it's lasted 20 years where I don't think there's any reason to take it out of the budget at this point, especially now that it's a lot of people are accessing it. So I'm hoping it will. It'll continue. You know, you mentioned something interesting too something you just said. Uh, and when you wrote an email to me too about losing coverage in the entertainment industry and how it seems sort of bizarre or random sometime that, you know, you can cut off, like you're, all of a sudden your coverage is ending, right? But every, in, in, the, in the unionized, or it's heavy, heavily unionized industry entertainment, in the union world, each of the unions, Actors Equity, Screen Actors Guild, DGA, WG, they all have different things you have to get or gather in order to qualify. In SAG-AFTRA, in your example, it's earnings, right? You have to earn a certain amount of dollars in a certain amount of time in order to get a year of coverage. In Actors' Equity, it's work weeks. You have to accumulate a certain number of work weeks in order to get coverage. In the Musicians' Union, it's contrib employer contributions. They calculate your contributions. Uh, with IATSE, it's hours of work. So there's different ways to qualify. Once you qualify, then you get your coverage. If you don't qualify, though, that's the issue, right? If you don't qualify, you're not getting coverage for the next quarter, six months, year, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That's when people are looking for other coverages. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things I think is so interesting, um, speaking here with you today, Jim, is that you also are an actor. You're a performer with over 30 years experience in the business, film and television, and you're also an insurance and benefits specialist. It's like the best of both worlds. So I was like, this is like, I couldn't have ha made this happen any better. This is perfect, right? Because you understand it from both ends. So my question for you is, are you like, ooh, let me stay over here and keep my job because it's rough out there when you're just on the actor side <laughs> or the artist side? <laughs> That's a great question. So yes, I spent more than 30 years on the performer side on Broadway, off-Broadway, television, film, lots and lots and lots of voiceovers and commercials. In my time as a performer, uh, I served a couple of terms as a union representative on the Screen Actors Guild board here in New York. When I was done with that service, I was approached by a few people who are trustees on the health and pension plan, and they asked me if I would be willing to serve as an appointed trustee on the health plan and the pension plan. 
I blocked it first because my kids were very young when I when they first asked me. But I eventually joined the trustee board, uh, and I got to learn a little about how health plans work, how a health plan is designed, uh, you know, and how how it maneuvers, how to run it, how to manage it. Um, and I kept performing and did keep performing until just you know actually. I still perform, <laughs> but during the pandemic, um, so many people were losing their health insurance coverage that the Actors Fund put out a notice. They were looking for people who had experience in both the entertainment industry and in healthcare. Um, and I had both those skill sets and I was out of work because there was no work during the pandemic at all. Um, and so I applied for a job. I interviewed for a job on the health insurance team and they hired me for it. It was supposed to be a six month gig. And I um, signed up for six months and then the pandemic lasted a little longer than six months. Uh, and about a year ago, they they uh, offered me a position on their staff. And I have to tell you, I, I love the team I work with and I love this place and I love the work I do at this place. So I jumped at the opportunity. They don't mind if I do a television show or a commercial here and there. And that's totally fine. I did a Blue Bloods a couple of months ago. And, and it, so it's, it's still, it's still great joy for me that I can keep my artistic life alive, but honestly, I adore the job I do. And I love working with the people I work with who are just, just so, you know, they're just, they're all wonderful artists who are just trying like you in this podcast to make their way in the world and live that life in between while they're living their art life or their arts life, you know? Yes, a come on, Jim, with the tagline. Yes. <laughs> yes, so much appreciated. <laughs> You're welcome. <Okay. laughs> so what would you recommend for someone? Let's say it's someone who just wants to start out, right? Because I feel like I've said on other uh, episodes where it's like, I feel like I've done the gamut, right? Where I've been like the full-time actor who didn't have like a quote unquote, a corporate job, right? I've done the freelance thing where I've been like part-time freelance, full-time freelance. I've done it. Like I've done all the different hybrids. Right. Mm -hmm. And now after all these years, so I left my full-time job in 2005 and I've been freelancing in different capacities ever since, you know, and it's changed so much. And so now looking back, I'm like, Hmm, <laughs> I think maybe the way to have done it would have been maybe to keep the full-time job. Right. Or, to have found a full-time job that was super flexible or to work a full-time job that maybe it wasn't flexible, but to put in the goodwill or, you know, um, put in the hard work. So then you get the goodwill kind of like you, right? Where it sounds like that's your situation where you've been there, you've been doing great work and they're like, oh yeah, if you, you know, want to do this project and you book this and that, sure, go do that. It, you know, what's the best way to do this thing? I don't think I don't think just kind of like quitting the job and being a full time artist is the is the deal now. I mean, yes, I, and I and I'm a dreamer, I'm a manifester, and all of that. But I think it makes it really hard, and you really, I don't know, especially if you're thinking about having a family or if you have uh, pre condition, you know, pre existing conditions. Like I think that that's actually maybe a hard choice. You know, I kind of I lived on the edge, and God was on the side, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you it's think? Hard, it's hard for me to give advice like that. I mean, it's all so individual, right? It depends on where you are in your life. It depends on how old you are. It depends on where you're living. Are you in California, New York? Are you someplace else in the country? 
you know, it depends on it depends on your family life. Some people start families very young and they have a family already when they enter the business. It's the the challenge. Well, you know this better than anyone, right? The challenge is how do I support myself as an artist while I'm trying to make art, right? Um, for me personally, the advertising world, and and I'm, I'll, I can say this on the podcast. I'm married. I have two children. Um, my wife was also a performer for many many years, and the advertising business for us, commercials and voiceovers allowed us the freedom to do the theater we wanted to do, but also to set up a life together, you know, to purchase an apartment and to raise kids. And uh, we would have never been able to do it without, without that. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what advice I could give. I mean, some people with partners, they have partners who aren't in the business and who are working a full-time, you know, they're teachers or they're business people and, and they, they sort of, you know, hold share it down. They hold it down while the other person is, you know, but it, it, it's, it, it, it's a hard life and it's not a linear life. It never goes the way you expect it to go. People starting corporate jobs and they move up a corporate ladder. They start as, you know, as somebody in an office and then they become a manager and then they become a supervisor and then they go to the district office. You know, it sort of moves in a linear fashion up, right. salary goes up, you know, in this business, you know, I've made as little as $10,000 a year and I've made as much as $250,000 a year, you know, and it goes up and down and up and down and up and down. So, you know, it's, it's a real, it's a, it's, it's, you have to be on board for that journey. That's just what the life is. And you're either going to tolerate that or not. And the part of it that's hard with the, in benefits, whether it's health or it's retirement or paid time off or family leave or any other benefits that come with employment in a, in a, in a, uh, a, a real world or nine to five job is managing those benefits. So they're with you as you move forward. Right. So, in, you know, that's why we're here too. Don't be afraid. If you're going to lose your coverage, let's try to get you, br- let's get you bridged from here to there. Let's keep your health insurance or keep a version of your health insurance, health insurance that you can use. Or if you're re- saving for retirement, you know, how are you managing the 401k? How are you, are you tracking your, your defined benefit? What's called a defined benefit pension in Screen Actors Guild or Actors Equity, which are strong programs and really can lead to a, a safe and strong retirement. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, but it's all, we all run our own individual little store. Yes. You know, we're all our own business. And it's our responsibility then as performers, not only to perform, but to manage that business and make sure the benefits are there for us. Mm-hmm. And we can help. That's what we do. Yes. Okay. So for, okay. So for, you know, maybe the younger artists or people that are just entering, probably the best thing to do would be to call you all since it is so individualistic and they can tell you specifically what their situation is and then get advice there. That probably is the best way to go really. Absolutely. It, you're right. It's so individual. Yeah, absolutely. And what I'll say is, sorry, I'll do a little pitch, but uh, I'll say our website is entertainmentcommunity.org. And if you go to entertainmentcommunity.org slash A-H-I-R-C, it's Artists Health Insurance Resource Center, A-H-I-R-C, entertainmentcommunity.org slash A-H-I-R-C. There's a little form on there. You fill out the form and you can set up a one-on-one appointment with a counselor like 
like me, there's four or five of us who do what I do. Uh, we also have counseling of specialized counseling for Medicare. Medicare is the health insurance program for people over 65. A lot more people are transitioning into that health insurance at this point too. So, uh, and that's also a complicated system. And we have individual health insurance counselors for just for Medicare if people are looking for that. Mm-hmm. And one thing that the listeners know is that I love a good show note. So this will be in the show notes as well. <laughs> oh, great. Well, perfect. Okay. And so two things based off of what you said, the one thing was when you were saying about um, how this business is not linear at all, that is so true. And you were saying that like, they're, you're right. In every other business, it's kind of like you start off as an assistant and then you go to an associate and then maybe you're an analyst and then you're an assistant manager and then you're a manager yeah. and then you're a senior manager. Like there literally is kind of like a ladder. And the difference is in that world or all the other worlds from the entertainment world is when you don't go up those ladders in those jobs, people leave people jump to another company, you know? So, and so it's kind of like, it's kind of known if it's like, oh, if I'm not going to grow and go to the next level in like a year or two years, I'm jumping ship, you know? But in acting or, you know, as an artist, if you jump ship, you're this overboard. Yeah. You could be overboard or just out of the business, you know? Yeah. So there's that. And then the other thing that we have to know is when you were saying how you did all those commercials and so you and your wife were able to create a living. Okay, now you have to tell the good people that that was back when you got the good residuals on these commercials. Now you can't leave that out, Jim. Well, the business has shifted. Yeah, it's shifted. And it's shifted to a lot of online platforms, you know, the TikTok platform and the, you know, the other sorts of smaller platforms, streaming platforms. Yeah, there was a there was a heyday. Actually, I was a little past the heyday. The real heyday was, you know, in the in between 1975 and 95, probably. But it was a. um, There were strong residuals in network television, network television advertising that has shifted and. It's yes, it's a lot harder, I think, to make a living in commercials these days than it was mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Yes, know. but look, but look, I do not need to be counting your coins, Jim. Okay, so <laughs> don't why, excuse me. I am sorry. I <laughs> that is not my place or position to counting your was, coins. Although I tell you, I am so gratified to see that the advertising market, the strong union network advertising market, has now opened up so many more possibilities with um, the the sort of diversity and inclusion of all walks of life in advertising has really blossomed. You know, so many, so much larger pool of performers are now in that world and making a living in that world. And I'm so gratified to see that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so you already spoke on how you expect to maybe in fourth quarter that the writers will be reaching out to you, you know, and asking about how to extend their insurance coverage. We yeah. also know that at the end of this month, the SAG after union will be deciding whether or not we are going to go into a strike. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I never think a strike is is a good thing, right? I mean, job actions happen. I haven't heard from any word from the negotiations. They're currently in negotiations. Um, We are prepared as a social service agency to put up that safety net and make sure it's here for people if they need it. Loss of income can be scary. You know, you can, you know, rent and food and childcare and, you know, are serious, serious things that, you know, 
we are doing some workshops on how to survive and manage while your work is on pause. So if there's a job action and you're, um, and you know, you're going to be out of work or you might be out of work for a month or two months, um, we're working, we have a workshops where we're strategizing with people or giving strategies on how to stay healthy, stay financially healthy and protect your financial wellness. I, I, I don't, know how it's going to go. It's really hard to predict how it's going to go. There are similar issues in both the writer's negotiation and the actor's negotiation. Uh, streaming services are a big issue. AI is a big issue. These are, you know, w there's often um, through the years in our industry, it, it usually happens in conjunction with a technological advance. So for instance, you know, to go way back cable television, you know, when, when new technology or the internet, right. When new technologies come along, you know, the, the, the unions who represent artists in the entertainment industry have to carve out how those, how their services are going to be honored and paid in those, in those situations. Right. So, and sometimes there's real growing pains for that and it can be, it can be difficult. You know, you look back at when the, the last, um, you know, the last uh, actor strike was probably, well, there was a video game strike, but before that in 2000, there was a major strike against commercial producers. And that was a hard fought uh, strike. And there were some wins and there were some losses, you know, job actions are never, you know, every, everyone loses, you know, really. So. Well, unless there's like a great, like new contract or new, agreement that's reached. Right. Then it I mean, it's good, always, right? there's, it's, it's always a compromise. There's always, by the time there's a deal, there's always a compromise, right? Everybody has to give up something. And there's, depending on how long and how, how brutal the negotiations can be, there can be a lot of relationship building that have, has to go on after that. So it's always better to get a deal than not get a deal. But, and so I'm crossing my fingers that everyone, you know, is, has, comes to the table with good, good faith good energy and, you know, comes out the other end with a strong contract for both sides. It's, 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 it's tough. It's tough to be facing loss of work on, on all these fronts. And, you know, and for us, again, we're social services, right? So, you know, we are going to see if depending on how long it goes and how, how, how sort of vicious it is, you know, people, you know, housing becomes an issue, and financial support becomes an issue. And, um, you know, we'll try to manage the best we can as people go through this. Mm -hmm. It's a crazy business that we love to be in, but <laughs> it's, a crazy business. it's a crazy, crazy business, you know, and, and it, it takes, that's, I mean, <laughs> it's funny, but I keep coming back to this, but it's why we exist we exist. We're that safety net, right? If and and people people have I often have people come to us and say, "Gee, I didn't know you did this. I didn't know the Entertainment Community Fund did this stuff. It's so great, you know, to know you're here." And we are here, and we're here when you're 20, and we're here when you're 40, and we're here when you're 60, and we're here when you're 100. You know, if you need help, because everybody needs help at some point to get through this to get through this uh, business, you know you know we're here in those uh, to serve those times and to and to lift you up. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Jim. Thank I cannot thank you enough. This has been great information. Uh, we're going to follow up and put some things in the show notes for everyone. 
And I really, I really love that idea because, you know, I came to, at the time it was the Actors Fund, I came to it very, very late. And now hearing you say all this, I'm like, oh, I probably should have consulted the Actors Fund, now the Entertainment Community Fund, a lot earlier because I literally was just like stumbling my way through it. And I'm kind of still stumbling my way through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you find it, you find it when you find it. And we're here when you need us, you know, and uh, and it's an honor to be here. I, I so appreciate you reaching out to us and, and having me on and and. You're delightful to talk to and you ask good questions. I'm, I'm glad you're interested in this. That's, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs>